So in today's episode, we are talking about tax strategy, one very specific tax strategy, which is for your non-IRA brokerage accounts. Um, you know, we hear from clients all the time. I, I get this 1099 every year on my brokerage account. I just don't like seeing it because I didn't really see that money come into my pocket, but now I have to pay taxes on it on my non-IRA brokerage account. So we're going to walk you through a strategy uh, today to kind of help you understand if it's something that may be right for you. Yeah. And as always, we encourage you, if you've not had a chance to go to our website, in fact, there is a blog article put up every single week. Uh, so we have a blog article that's going to be kind of corresponding with this particular episode. So go to our website, pomwealth.net forward slash blog, and you can find those articles there. Uh, it makes it very easy if you're listening and you're trying to think, wait a minute, what did they say? or I want to have that in writing. I want to like make sure I understand exactly how that works. We write an article that kind of corresponds with this particular episode. So check that out. But before we get into this show, we need to do a quick disclosure. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only, not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome to our Retirement in Action. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that uh, Merce and I uh, have come up quite a bit, and that's taxes. Taxes are always a big topic, but this is really um, an issue for non-IRA uh, accounts. Now, I say it's an issue. It's a different kind of issue. Taxes are an issue for IRA accounts, but for non-IRA accounts, that's what we're talking about is cash in the bank, or we're talking about uh, a brokerage account that we're investing. And so we're really going to talk about some tax strategies specifically for that non-IRA uh, type of account. And we're going to just kind of walk us through what the how taxes are, how they affect those kind of accounts, and then a strategy for how we can be able to deal with that. It's not going to say that it's all inclusive, just says it is a strategy. So first of all, uh, Merce, can you kind of break down for everyone how a brokerage account that, let's say it's at Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, it doesn't matter how it's taxed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to get a good understanding, I think we um, uh, bring in the different types of accounts that you have. So the, the, the whole purpose of this episode is to really talk about the brokerage accounts, but I want to give you some way of comparison. So you've got uh, your IRAs, your 401ks, that's all pre-tax money. And so you don't have to really worry about what's going on inside the account. Uh, the taxes come due when you start taking withdrawals. So when you're in retirement, you start taking withdrawals, that's fully taxable as ordinary income on the IRA 401k money. On the flip side, you've got Roth accounts that um, are going to be with, on withdrawals are tax-free, uh, which is very nice. And then in the middle, we have these brokerage accounts. And so you, you maybe 
you've got some extra cash laying around and you said, I need to put this cash to work. It's not really making any money in the bank. So let me go invest this money, this cash that I've saved up. Um, you've already paid taxes on the cash that you've saved up, whether it's just been through savings, through your earnings or whatever it is, you've already paid taxes on that money. So how do you get taxed on it again? So you put it into the brokerage account and you invest in some stocks, ETFs, mutual funds, whatever it is, and those start to make some money, right? And so you've got gains now in this account. Now in an IRA, we're not so worried about gains. We're worried about the withdrawals. In the Roth account, we're not worried about gains because all that is withdrawn tax-free. But in the uh, brokerage account, more specifically a non-qualified account is what the technical term is, uh, taxes are treated a little bit differently. So you've got gains that, are gonna, that you have not paid any taxes on. So let's just make an example. Let's say you put 100000 into this brokerage account. You've already paid taxes on 100000 and now it has grown to 200000 the, the 100,000 of gain is taxable. When do you actually have to pay taxes on that? Well, there's a couple of things that can happen there. Let's say that mutual fund or that, that ETF or that stock, it's paying you some dividends and maybe you're in reinvesting the dividends. So you don't actually take the dividends in your pocket, um, but you are gonna get a, a 1099 essentially said, that says, hey, you, you received dividends this year. You have to pay taxes on that this year, even though you reinvested it. Um, so that's one way that you get taxes by dividends and maybe some interest uh, in the account from just sitting in cash. But let's say you you own that stock and it, it got you up to 200,000 and you decide to sell that stock and buy another one. The act of selling a stock in a, in a brokerage account, that is your that is what's going to generate the taxable, in this case, the taxable gain. You could also have taxable losses as well, but we're going to focus on the gain side. Now, <clears throat> there's two major categories as far as how it's going to be taxed, and I'll make it pretty simple. You've got short-term and you've got long-term. If you held that stock for um, under one year, then it is in short-term capital gain. So that 100000 that you made on that stock, you sold it within less than a year. You're now in a short-term capital gain category, which means the gains that you realize are going to be taxed at your ordinary income levels. Now, if you make it a year and a day, all of a sudden you're flipped into a different tax category, which is long-term capital gains, which is favorable. Um, right now, at least it is favorable uh, in that you get a bit of a tax break on that because you've held it longer. The IRS says that you will get uh, a, a less of a, less of a, it's in a different category, a long-term capital gains type of tax category, which is not ordinary income. So you sell, so you sell that position and then you owe some tax on it. And that's essentially how the taxes are, are generated in the brokerage account. So now that the question kind of comes up of, well, uh, I've, I've held this stock for such a long time and I, I know I don't like this stock anymore, but I've got so many gains and I just don't want to realize any of the taxes. So I'm just going to hold on to it. If it loses money, it loses money. I just don't want to pay the taxes. And so that's kind of the headache that we start to see with these uh, brokerage accounts. Um, and I, I think it's always important to bring it back to there's positives and negatives to every single thing when we're talking about investments, when we're talking about retirement, really anything that you can think of has positives, pros and cons. And so I've just given you how the account is taxed. Now I think it's good. Let's talk about the positives and negatives when it comes to the investment management. Obviously, yeah, we want to take taxes into account in every single way that we can. We want to be the most tax efficient, but you can't, uh, you can't evade taxes altogether. 
So we have to come up with some options, some ideas, some different strategies that ultimately you have to be comfortable with. So Raiden, let's run through some of the positives and negatives. Well, I think you just talked about, it. I think we have to kind of consider what type of, of money management that you want to have. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for any time, uh, you know that Merce and I believe in actively managing the account, making sure that we protect from significant losses. There is the other side of this, and this really does come down to a tax uh, scenario, is that people say, well, I want to hold it for as long as possible so that I get the long-term capital gain. Now, so what you, you end up doing is you either end up saying, I want to manage risk or I want to manage taxes. Sometimes people will hold a stock and let it go down in value with this idea that I don't want to pay tax. Merce and I, our belief system is we would rather protect from significant losses because if I have a significant loss, that is far worse sometimes than just paying the tax. But it still doesn't make the conversation very fun. We have clients who go, oh my goodness, man, I've got this brokerage account and I appreciate the growth. I appreciate the protection, but I don't like seeing that tax burden. And so Merce and I, you know, are constantly trying to battle this idea of with clients and talk about what do we want to do here? Are, are we trying to protect for taxes or are we trying to um, uh, protect the account's value? Now that has created a scenario where we have done a lot of looking, a lot of research, a lot of trying to figure out a way that we could actually have some benefit, some shelter of taxes, but also be able to protect the account. And so uh, we, we want to just talk about a solution that we have found, or at least a strategy that we have found that fits within the criteria or the goals of what we have put forth when it comes to an account. Now, if I, if I bring up this topic, I need you to hang in there with me for a second because you're going you're gonna to think that there's a huge discrepancy in some of our podcast to this particular one. So I need to give you context. But an option or a place that we can get tax-deferred growth is using a variable annuity. Now, you're probably listening and going, oh, my goodness, I know he did not just say variable annuity. Because if you've listened, we did a whole series on annuities. And if you listen to that, you heard Merce and I talk about, about variable annuities saying that we don't like them. We don't want to be a part of them. And if you go back and listen to that, you'll, you'll realize the reasons why. And I'll just repeat them for you. Uh, in a, a variable annuity, a lot of times you've got high fees. If they are a commission product, we've seen fees in the average range of 3 to 5% a year of whatever you have in there. You also have liquidity problems, meaning I put my money into the variable annuity and then I've got surrender charges on top of this idea that I, that I have to pay these fees. And, and you've got to also wonder, is the advisor giving me the best advice to use this variable product? You got to at least understand that they're getting commissions. And so when you looked at all that, it didn't, it was not a place that Merce and I would say put money. And, and we, I can tell you today, we would never put uh, IRA money in a variable annuity. It doesn't make sense. But what I do get, the benefit I get is when I put money into an annuity that's not an IRA, I do get tax deferral, meaning I can buy and sell. I get no capital gains. I get no, no benefit or have to pay no taxes until I pull the money out. 
So now here comes the question. Why in the world are, are Merce and I saying that there is an option within the variable annuity world when we just kind of gave you a bunch of negatives? Well, we found a positive and that's how this works. We found a positive that we think fits. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. And so Merce, can you kind of run through maybe what we, what in all this searching that we found, why we think this is a good option for non-IRA money and what made us change our minds on it? Yeah, so it all comes back to the why or the the purpose of of or the goal. And if the goal is, I've got this bucket of money, this um, brokerage account that is annoying me because I've got some taxes that I'm dealing with every single year. I don't like dealing with it, and we hear it all the time. By the way, even if the account is growing well, it's very tough to say, you know, come April every single year to see that you have to pay extra because of this brokerage account that is has some gains in it. So going back to the, the why, what we found is what we're looking for is how can we alleviate some of that tax pain and still have a way to grow an account, still have a way to protect it from significant losses like we do um, in, in our other portfolios. And the answer became this variable annuity. And I know that's a tough word to hear, especially coming out of our mouths. Like Raiden said, we've, we've kind of made it a negative in a lot of situations, but we did find that one positive and it is a very simple plan. And all it is, is to answer that one question. How do we get tax deferral? How do we alleviate that tax pain every single year? And so we're putting it into a tax sheltered product, which happens to be a variable annuity. So you put money into it and it's very simple as to how it works. If you've heard us talk about annuities, there's there are surrender charges that you, you should be aware of. Um, that's not the case here. Um, there's typically commissions that are paid to an annuity. That's not the case here. So it is completely liquid. So you put that $100,000 into it. It is completely liquid. You could withdraw it all the next day. No penalties, no surrender charges. Um, there is one tiny little fee in there. There's no commission that's paid to the advisor. There's just that one tiny little fee to be in the product, it's $20 a month. It is a flat fee, whether you put in $100,000, whether you put in a million dollars into it, it's a flat fee of $20 a month to be in the product to earn you that tax, uh, tax shelter that we like about it. Now, what does that give us? That gives us the ability now to trade the account like we would on a normal, say in an IRA. We can trade the account. We're not worried about realizing any capital gains and the only time that we have to think about anything is once again here in withdrawals. So withdrawals are where taxes come into play, but you may go 10, 15, 20 years without taking any withdrawals. And now you don't have to worry about that constant annual 1099 that says you made this much in gains. And so you have to pay this much in taxes. 
or you've received all these dividends. And so you have to pay taxes on this money, even though you didn't put it into your pocket. So we see this as a, as a huge positive for someone that's trying to alleviate that tax burden that they have on their brokerage account. We can do everything that we do at, we do it at Charles Schwab. We can do everything that we do at Charles Schwab in this variable annuity construct. And it, and, and it just works beautifully if we're looking at it from the right perspective, which is the only perspective is to gain tax deferral and alleviate that tax burden. Yeah. So, I mean, just to reiterate that it, it we, we found a solution that, that took away the negatives. Now, by the way, if you worked with someone like Merce and I, if we charge a fee, it's a percentage of whatever we're managing. It's at, if we use Charles Schwab, we deduct that fee quarterly. The same thing happens here in this particular product. We're still going to deduct our fee every quarter, but we're doing no different than if it were at Schwab. You do incur a $240, and we are talking about a specific plan here. There's a couple of different variances. This is the lowest cost one we could find. $240 a year to be able to get that tax deferral. That's it. That's the only fee for us to do that. There's no trading fees, just like it, you know, Charles Schwab. There's nothing like that at all, but we get tax deferral. So 100% liquid, no commission. There's no um, surrender charge. I mean, it's just, it's very, very, very clean. And we get rid of that annoying short-term ca uh, capital gain problem all the time. We don't have that to worry with. We only have to worry or think about taxes when we take the withdrawals. It, it passes to the next generation um, through beneficiary designation. So it's, it's efficient that way. Nothing is going to be perfect. Nothing is going to solve every problem when it comes to taxes, but it gets rid of it and lets us control it on an annual basis. We can defer and we can wait to a, a time that's the better time to take it and we can take any amount that we want. So we believe that this is a strategy or it's a solution. It will not work for everyone. I mean, I shouldn't say it, it'll work. It just might not be the one you like. You might like a different strategy, but we have found it to be a, a very, very good option uh, when we weigh all the pros and cons. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I would like more information about this, how this works, does it apply to me? Is it something I should look at? Then uh, contact us. Now, the easiest way to do that is to go to our website, which is pomwealth.net. And at the top right-hand corner, you're going to see a button that says schedule a 15-minute consultation or phone call. When you click on that, our calendar is going to pop and you can schedule it right there uh, and get on our calendar. Merce and I would love to be able to talk to you just for a few minutes and explain this and, and see if it would work. Uh, and, and give you more information about it. If there's you know things you want to read about it or anything like that, it's pretty simple. There's not much that you have to read. It's just a, an account that you open up, but it'll have it all there if you want to look at it. But we hope this has been helpful. We hope this has provided you with a strategy that might work for your non-IRA brokerage accounts. So uh, let us know if you have any questions. We hope you have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, 
Be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.